just you get to choose. Like here's here's the scenario: the the environment gives us something which can be perceived as negative, can be perceived as not working, can be perceived as problematic. The world's ending. So we get to choose to see it like that, or we get to see choose to see it as an opportunity. So clearly, that it's my responsibility now to do that for other people. If I have information, and you know, other people's success is my success, and vice versa. Because you know what, like the challenges or the roadblocks are the journey themselves. There's no big things. It's all little things compounding on top of each other. We welcome, we welcome Lisa Anna Palmer to True Seekers. Lisa is the founder and CEO of Light Your Leadership Inc. At Light Your Leadership Inc., she and her team help leaders to realize their vision by learning to put people and planet first and to operate with excellence in a post-pandemic world. They help you connect at the human level through compassion, courage, and confidence so that you can learn to love your life as a leader. She is also a leadership and career advancement coach and mentor trainer, keynote speaker, podcast host, facilitator, and best-selling author. We welcome Lisa. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you. So great to be here. Absolutely. Uh, I'm just reminded of our pre-show connection. There's so many um, high-level topics that I can't wait to jump into. I know we had some, some uh, I guess buzzwords is what you would call them, but leadership for one. And Maybe just talk a little bit about the, the, the rap sheet here, if you will, is, is so long with what you do and the difference that you make. I'm wondering which of those things gives you, which what pops into mind uh, first that gives you the most juice? Like what gets you most excited right now with what you're up to? What gets me most excited is we're really at a crossroads right now. And although it's been hugely challenging, people are struggling uh, some are suffering in workplaces. I see that there's a huge opportunity to do things much, much better. And it gives me hope uh, to to have important conversations and dialogues with people uh, like you, Josh and Nick and, and others who, who can actually see this vision for a better future. And uh, that really lights me up because um, I think that the last three years have really helped to crystallize what are some of the things that are most important uh, in workplaces and society as a whole, which is that human connection piece. And while there are forces trying to maybe go back to some of the uh, workplace practices that weren't as humane, so to speak, I, I think that um, the time has come for us to have these conversations and to, to ignite people with them. And is there hopes of what we'll get out of the conversation? Um, you know, when we speak of human connection, like what about that? What, what do we hope to get to when we, you know, with leaders watching this or, or business owners who might watch this? Yeah. And I think it's, you know, let's go back to the basics. You know, uh, I think we overcomplicate things sometimes and want to have huge initiatives, whereas really, uh, you know, I have a quote in the book and it says, it's cost zero cents to be a decent human being. and I think we need to remember more than learn sometimes of what that means, right? And and I, if people can have the insight of remembering for themselves first, right? Remember how you feel when you're treated in a certain way, be it good or bad in the workplace, like what motivates you? And, and that's one of the things that I like to engage leaders in when they're trying to figure out, well, how do I connect with these employees? Like how you know, what is it? What's the magic sauce? It's like, well, remember for yourself, like what are some of the things 
You know, when you got performance feedback, when did it work well? When did it work well? And, and just do that self-reflection. So it's a lot around self-awareness and that it, sometimes we overcomplicate things. We try to create buzzwords. We try to, and it really comes back to basics. Let's like just be decent human beings to one another and figure out how to unleash that potential and how to get back to excellence, you know? Of that. I'd love to get Coach Nick's thoughts on this because we talk a lot about uh, how fast information is speeding up. Mm -hmm. uh, I, won't, I won't get it right. Maybe Coach Nick can help me out with this, but like every 24 hours, it, it, like, at a certain point, it's going to double or some, something like that, something crazy. So the the input is just like enormous. And to your point, back to basics, like that really resonates with me because we're, we're obsessed with the newest thing and the latest this and how do we do that? And it's like, well, just the, we're not doing the simple things right anymore. We're getting away from what, what got us here. Right. Yeah, I think it's a big, big con context of, of why coaching is so powerful because we're often just every single week working with our clients, just bring it back to the basics. And I, I often think about like the, when it comes to to fighting, you know, when it comes to boxing or, or martial arts. Doesn't matter if you just won a championship and you go back to the gym after having some couple of days off, you're still going to be there doing jab crosses like you would do the first day because those basics are so important because that's the foundation that everything else is built of. There's no point trying to do fancy, fancy spinning techniques and such if you can't throw a standard jab cross. And same thing for leadership. No, I, I, I think it's really true. Me and Coach Josh just got back from a from a with a one of our favorite clients and our team uh, last last week, and there's so much of that stuff there. It's just let's just get clear what's most important. Are we having real com conversations? And I think what you just said, Lisa, really resonated with me around the self awareness and learning through the experiences you've already had, which is crazy to think about, but that's what we need because we forget really quick. What is it that we would have liked in that position? What have we needed in that position? And creating a way we can actually communicate because it's it's so easy to assume and expect and without being able to really be clear because most people are talking about things that, that they think that they believe when they're sharing with you. And it's not like they're trying to mislead you, but they're just misleading themselves because they're on some level not being dirt honest with themselves. Mm. I think that's a big part of leadership is pushing people to that point. Not for you to be dirt honest with them, but for you to help them be dirt honest with themselves. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And it's about peeling back the layers, right? I think there's so much programming that we've been exposed to in organizations. Like, for example, uh, you know, I know a lot of people with high leadership potential who are really great at what they do. Uh, they may be subject matter experts, and they also have the ability to, to, to be good leaders because they know how to connect with people and engage them, etc. And, and we hire people on the basis that Oh, you know, the great team players, they're decent, they have integrity, all these things good to work with. And then when they're ready for promotion or they're looking ahead, they're told, well, you need to play the game to get ahead. You need to be mean to get ahead. I don't know if you've ever experienced that yourself, but I, I <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> right? So, so here we are, we're hiring people because they're great human beings. And once they start performing, then the message is, okay, forget all that. In order to get like the plum rolls to get ahead, to get promoted, you need to be mean. You know, I, it happened to me three times in my career and I, I, I was at a loss for words. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> All of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I think that let, let's like, can we like erase 
those those kinds of programming that tell us that we need to be anyone other than ourselves and most people really truly at the core of it you know if you take away those kinds of um programmings if you take away uh, beliefs about being uber professional robotic people uh in order to be leaders and not to be able to connect if you take all that away most people are really decent human beings so let's remember that and let's go back to that and and let's promote people based uh on the fact that they can be really great authentic uh, know how to motivate others by being kind to them, by listening to them, validating them. And yeah, sometimes we need to have difficult conversations. Let's do that in a compassionate way that maintains the dignity of the other person, right? Yeah, I love I love that. That word compassion always sticks out to me because it's been plenty of times in, in my previous career before coaching, working in the corporate world, where people would have a higher standard for delivery, mm-hmm. but not a higher standard for compassion. And those, that for me is like you can't have one without the other because if you're at the edge, you're more likely to fall over, fall off it and hurt yourself. So you also got to have a high standard for compassion. And if, if as a leader you're asking people to come up to the standard for delivery and there's no high standard for compassion, like pff, even if I win, I lose because I'm going to fall down at some point along the way and someone's going to hit me in the head, back of the head for it. And it's not going to be like, I don't want to play that game, let me out. Like, and yeah. So I think that's so important to have together. Right. And we can't do our best work when being hit in the back of the head. Like, I don't know. Uh, and, and, uh, yeah, I definitely can't. Right. And, uh, so I, I think that having those ideas, and, and when we're looking at some of the statistics, right. And, and, and this kind of is a, in a, in a bit of a, a side, uh, note, notice. Uh, so what's happening now is that 70% of people are saying no to promotions. So that's telling, right? Why are people staying away from leadership roles? And we need leaders, right? We Do we ever need leaders? And so I, I'm thinking about this. I'm hearing a lot about the, the great resignation. I'm like, this is the great abdication. And we need to ask ourselves, why is this happening, right? Why, why is it happening? And I think it's because, this is my theory. Let me know what you think is mm-hmm. that we're expecting people with high potential for leading and who are doing well and are high performers to be someone other than themselves, take on leadership roles and, and not necessarily in a good way. And now people are starting to resist that more and more because of the clarity we've gotten in the last three years. And they're saying, you know what? I don't have time for, you know, trying to, learn how to be nasty all of a sudden, you know, I've, this is, this has worked for me all along to, to do well, to, to care about my work, care about my colleagues and people are opting out. And so mm. what happened, right? What do you think? I don't know. What... It's, it, it really resonates back to what you were just saying as well. I think about up to a certain level and then it's like, oh no, you got to completely change who you are to get to the next place. Okay. Mm. And it's funny because I'm, I'm putting together a new talk at the moment, which is really around moving from management to leadership. And the focus there is emerging leaders to think about, look, they've been successful in their process role or the SME that you mentioned earlier, and they've given people. It's like, oh, here you go. You're good at that task, that process. Go have some people. And then they apply the same standards or approach that they've done to be successful that process to people. But people are not processes. And I think that's the next level that you're talking to. It's not that perhaps the support that they get is not, how to be a leader it's how to do the process 
and now be mean as well, right? You just need to be a bit more aggressive. <laughs> like, or you need to be <laughs> do all the things you were doing it for, and now just be more assertive, right? And like, oh, okay, that's good. Right, right. <laughs> Learn how to push people around because you know that's how you get things done. Wrong. That's how you burn people out. That's how maybe you'll get things done this week, but you know, in the long term, uh, you're gonna have people leaving. You're gonna have people burning out. You, the quality. You know, I I was looking at some. Uh, I was thinking about excellence the other day. I was like, where's our standard of excellence going? I mean, we here in 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 my city. Uh, so I live in Ottawa, Canada been trying to build a light rail train forever i mean and there's trains all over the world it's like what's so and you know it's so hard to get things right like things are not working properly <laughs> like so so i'm thinking okay so what's what could be affecting that and i think a, a big part of that is that leadership gap it's we, as leaders we need to learn how to help others unleash their potential how to grow as leaders how to take responsibility how to take pride in their work you know, there's nothing more powerful than being proud of the work that you do, right? So, you know, and and to, to go back to those kinds of things, yes, all those other types of initiative, you know, from Lean to Agile to Adcart, to, all those things are important. Yes, process improvement is important. I've done re-engineering myself, uh, business process re-engineering, all that stuff, all important. However, if you don't have that solid foundation at the basis of, you know, being able to connect at the human level through compassion, having the courage and having the competence, then it's like a house of cards. It all falls apart. I'm, I'm just, I mean, we're going through this with ProAdvisor Coach right now, our own coaching company. We're, we're working on the foundation part to make sure that that's right so we can build it up the way that okay. we know we're capable of. And, and that's what it's all about is, um, first of all, we're getting feedback from people about what it feels like to go through our process. And we're taking that information to to pay attention to it, first of all, to, to pay homage to it and listen to it. And then what do we do with it? So that's what we're talking about in our in our company here, because everything is about people first. Right. That's yeah. what we're talking about here is making uh, feeling connected with each other. And I think especially true of leadership, you get into that position. Some of that connection goes away because you're, you know, maybe self projection, but you, you're on a pedestal. It feels like you're you have to be a different person. Like that's the belief system. Well, I have to become somebody new because now people are counting on me. And that, I think what we're saying is that that's not necessarily true. If anything, become more of yourself, a, a, another version of yourself and not by being mean or becoming somebody that you're, you're not, or is not in congruence with who you are, but maybe shedding some of your own belief systems and some of the own limitations that you have because we're all much more capable than we usually give ourselves credit for. I think it's a lot of that support system around, you know, there a lot of these new leaders are experiencing leadership for the first time. So they don't, they don't know what to do until we get the repetitions there. We, we can't be uh, really, really good at it, quote unquote. So um, I think about that a lot with, as, as we grow um, and get put into these new positions to coach Nick's point with like, we're good at something now here, here's a bunch of people to manage. It's a totally different skill set, but it's not at the same time. It's just, it's a, a, a version that we haven't tapped into of ourselves quite yet. And I think that's what, that's what this is all about. That's what these conversations are all about. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's so easy to go to the process improvement stuff. You talked about Lisa or like, oh, is it Azure? Oh, is it waterfall? And like, because it's tangible, people can see it and people don't, and <laughs> it literally has a bad name because people talk about the soft skills. That's a bad name. 
Right. It's not, it's not it's this no, bad name. <laughs> Those are tough skills. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right, right. It's like, oh, it's soft. It's like, oh, it's not really, it's not, that's not what it's about. It's like, oh, those are, worry about those later. It's like, right. no, that's, that's everything. That's the foundation. That's what it really is all about. And like, I, I just think about it. You talked about abdication from leadership. You know, I think about my previous world, it wasn't really an abdication, but I certainly saw it as a game and not necessarily something that I was really cared about. Um, and like, I was pretty good at the game, but <laughs> I learned a lot, but but now I'm where I am in leadership is it to coach, coach Josh, your point. That's how I feel. I just show up and I just be myself. Right? You know, one mm -hmm. of the beliefs I have when it comes to coaching or it comes to leadership stuff within the team is that whatever I say in the moment is the right thing because that's right. the only useful belief to have. Mm, what else yeah. is that? I mean, I come, whatever comes out is the right thing. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that there's not a back end of process improvement and continuous improvement and everything else, but... Right. Just know that whatever comes out is you authentically in that moment, and that can't be wrong, right? Because mm -hmm. that's just intrinsic; it can't be compared. It's, it's just mm -hmm. who you are. Yeah, no, I, I love both uh, with the two of you are saying about you know bringing it back to that humanity. Because, like I said, you know all those other uh, approaches initiatives are very important. However, we need that foundation piece, and that foundation piece is about people truly finding tapping into their own truth about leadership, you know, who, who they are as a person and, and then to help others do that as well. Because when people feel authentic, they don't feel like they have to hide or mask anything. And that's when you unleash their potential, right? Their gifts, their gifts are, if their gifts are hiding behind masks, behind layers of programming that are not useful, then those gifts stay hidden. If you want to unleash that, you, you know, you help people to be authentic in the workplace and, and then also care about them as a person, it's it's more holistic, right? When we're when we feel seen, heard, valued, then we can get through anything. You know, I, I often say, let's pull together to pull through. Let's stop pretending we're anything other than human beings. And you know, like the algorithms and, and the AIs are busy multiplying themselves <laughs> and multiplying information. Let, like let's let's do what we're really good at, <laughs> right? Which is <laughs> Let's focus on our strengths. Let's leverage them, you know, and yeah. um, and, and and there's nothing more beautiful than than when when we're leading and we can see a person's face light up, you know, uh, because they've had some sort of realization, or even as coaches, right? They they light up, and and you could there's like a transformation that happens, and that's when they connect with their truth and they're being really themselves, and uh, and I think if if we can demonstrate that and, and use that for role modeling with leaders. And if leaders, I, I believe leaders have the capacity to do that. Maybe they, they've never been shown how or what that looks like or paid attention to. That's where that awareness piece, you know, it's like, look at your employees. Like when you talk to them and they light up, what does that feel like? And, and if we start thinking about leadership, even the beyond skills, it's, it's a way of being. And I often talk about it as it's, it's an energy that wants to do good. So how do we unleash that energy that wants to do good in others and in ourselves first, right? And um, yeah. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Co Coach Josh, what was your experience of that last last week in our, our on-site I mentioned, you know, with the leader you had down there and just observing her stepping up and seeing like how instinctive her leadership skills actually were when she was uh, like letting the governor off and like just being true to herself. 
Mm. Yeah, like Lisa's saying, her gifts were like locked under, like had to, yeah. we had to remove some of the, the barriers so that she could be our, her authentic self. And you know, there was a, it was just a, a prompt to get her into that state, but it was, it was uh, you know, tell me a time where you felt unstoppable, where you felt on top of the world. And it was immediate, like she lit up and just walked through a 60 second explanation of this time where she felt like that. And then all of a sudden she showed up to what she had to do that, you know, might've been a bit confrontational for her, was out of, out of her comfort zone and just knocked it out of the park. It was like so authentic and, and was challenged too. Like it wasn't easy. It was something that she had to bring back and keep at uh, a little bit more than she probably would have wanted uh, had we not done that exercise, but showed up and, uh, and then what was the result to Lisa's point, got more out of her, her employee. And there was a, a connection that was made and, and a real bonding uh, regardless of what the content was about, it was more about the connection piece uh, to build that relationship so that they can address issues as they come up down the road in a more effective manner. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a beautiful story, you know? Uh, and I think, I think there's, there's so much potential for us to love our life as a leader because when those sacred, I call those sacred moments, when you see that person light up in front of you and there's that connection, it's like magical. And, you know, I, uh, I just wanted to share, I had a, a client who was struggling a bit with um, being able to engage her staff, you know, a, a new executive director, fairly new, and again, very specialized in her field. And she was trying all kinds of things with her employees that she had read about or learned about or whatnot. I'm like, okay, well, that's great that you know all that. Now let's pull back those layers. Now, like, what do you, what do you think? What do you want to see? And what are some of your beliefs that you have that are not serving you? Like she thought that because she was a leader and she was the top of the organization that she had to figure everything out herself and then instruct others to do what, what was needed. I said, well, let's do a little experiment. I said, you know, the next meeting, why not have them contribute ideas, right? So, uh, so we went through a whole process and then sure enough, when we met the next time I said, so how, how did it go? Well, she says, I can't believe it that, you know, they were, she, she was in a position, had she just not engaged her employee, she would have cut a program because the budget cuts had come down the pipe. So I turned it over to my team, she said, and I asked them to come up with ideas. And she says, wouldn't you know, they were able to find ways that we can continue the program within budget. And she was like amazed. I said, well, isn't that fantastic? She goes, yes. <laughs> it's like, I, she was amazed. And, and so it's these sacred moments where we have realizations and we remember the power that we have, but also the power that people on our teams have to do amazing things and how to unleash that and, and, and be able to connect with that is amazing. Hmm. Lisa, can you start to talk about how you interweave this into your work? And I know that you've, you've written a, a book, right? And like, I, I want to hear more about that and how this applies to what you're passionate about. Well, I, I don't know if it shows, but I'm passionate about leadership. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I don't know if it shows. Uh, Not at all. So I'm, I'm passionate <laughs> about <laughs> and, and the type of leadership where, um, you know, we know how to help others to connect with their own truth and to be able to uh, connect with their passions and bring that into the workplace. So a few years ago, uh, I had the idea to write a book. It was actually while I was going through my passion test certification because I, I became a passion test facilitator, um, which is basically, it sounds like a test, but it's not. It's, it's to help you get clear on what are your top five passions at any point in life and, and to make decisions, be guided 
a, a, you know, so that you can stay in alignment and have greater enjoyment and fulfillment. So as I was doing that, it came to me um, that I wanted to write a book. It surprised me, really. I was like, I was not expecting that. And, uh, and it, it was about leadership. And the reason leadership is so important to me is that I burnt out three times by the time I was 38. Like really bad burnouts, um, like physical burnouts, uh, where you know I had to get taken by ambulance to the hospital twice. Once because I had like the worst cluster headache, I couldn't even stand up, and the second time, my stomach turned into a bag of rocks. That's what it felt like, and I couldn't eat or drink for two weeks. So, yeah, and having spent my entire career up to that point, like now I've been at it for for thirty years, but. Um, I'd been working in corporate. So I started working in a big six firm. Um, so the first time I burnt out, I was about 28 years old uh, because I, you know, and I, at the time I was kind of blaming the organization, you know, with, in hindsight, now I see it's like, it's, it's too, it's, you know, it's, it's a dance. It's both the organization, us as self leaders. Right. Uh, but of course at 28, I didn't have that insight. Um, so then I changed employers. I went to work for a federal employer. Uh, and then again, there, you know, I didn't quite have a massive burnout there. I was only there for two years, but then I went to a, a third one and I was always working in HR roles and always advising, uh, senior management, you know, directors, vice presidents, managers, and also counseling employees. So I, I had the kinds of roles and I, and I love that work. But there came a time that, um, so I was in my early 30s and I, uh, I'd i been asked to do an acting position in, um, in, uh, as an uh, HR director. And the thing is, is that I didn't know how to say no or set boundaries. So uh, like literally my office was like, you know, the, 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 <laughs> the HR dump where everybody would come dump difficult files. And I, I went, right, <laughs> I was doing three jobs. I was literally doing three jobs. One, you know, a person was off sick and all that and I was replacing. And, you know, if it was now, I, I'd be like, hey, hold on a second. Right. But at, at 33, I, I didn't have that um, insight. So until I got coached, actually. So. So there you go. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's so often the thing that I hear. Yeah. And then, and then the third time was because I, you know, I was, I was a hard worker doing everything right. And then I was being bullied by somebody who had been um, hired externally. So when I started my own company in 2011, I, I was like, HR, I'm HR consultant. Okay. So that's pretty broad, you know? So then I started getting requests for all kinds of things, you know, conflict management, harassment reports, all these things. I'm like, no, 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 that's not the kind of work I want to do. I really thought about it. I'm like, okay. I really thought about it. And I was like, you know, what, what, do I, what impact do I want to have? And it, and it came, it boiled down to leadership, both self-leadership, the ability to mm. make sure mm. that I'm, I'm, you know, setting myself up for success and health in the workplace and to do my very best and be excellent at what I do, as well as formal leadership, leadership of others. So, that's where, you know, I started thinking and getting ideas. And then one morning, actually, you're going to laugh. This is funny. I, I woke up one morning with the idea of a children's book. And is like, where did, okay. where did all the great leaders go? 
And anyway, so it was a book about, uh, let's say, a 12-year-old who was doing a school project, going to interview leaders to find out, well, how do you engage employees? How do you motivate employees? Because, you know, that's what 12-year-olds want to know. But anyways, that's what I thought. It was it, it was interesting. So, but, at, you know, as it goes on, as this as this young man goes on and starts interviewing all these leaders, gets to the end of the book, is at a coffee shop. Let's say it's a Tim Hortons because it's here in Canada. And uh, then somebody notices that he's, the, the young man is sitting there all pensive, you know, like looking, you know, perturbed. And, um, and then so this gentleman goes up to him and says, you know, young man, what's, you know, you seem confused. What's going on? And so explains the project. I went and interviewed leaders and, you know, they told me all kinds of things about how to motivate people, but it just doesn't feel right. There's something missing. And so the, the gentleman said, well, you know, young men, what uh, really motivates people is that you need to light a fire in their hearts. And that's how I came up with the title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and then I thought, well, I think adults need the book more than the kids would do right now. So, uh, so I wrote the adult version. <laughs> Right. Is there two versions? Is there two versions? Well, you know what? I do have a manuscript for the for the children's book. I did end up writing it last summer, so I just haven't done anything with it yet. But uh, yeah, so this, so that's what you know. What that, this is what came out of that those ideas that one morning. So beautiful. That's so cool. That inspiration, that creativity, just strikes you. That's that's such a cool story. Mm-hmm. I, I I want to stay on the maybe the theme of the children a bit because. I got two young children. I got a six-year-old and a two-year-old, two girls. And I know that you've done some work around like what that leadership part is for kids and like, how important that is. I'd love if you would share some stuff about that because it's certainly yeah. something that's close to my heart. Wow. Leadership overall, for sure. I'm passionate about that just as you are. But yeah, but I'd love I'm, to hear. It's so important. And I'm sure as coaches, sometimes you think, oh, I wish I could have gotten to these people when they were like 12-year-olds or something to be able to share, right? It would have right. avoided a lot yeah. of Uh, I'm actually quite passionate about early leadership development. And I was um, a co-host on a show called uh, Every Child Can Learn. And uh, so one of my role was basically to advocate for early leadership development. And, um, you know, and and I'm sure you've noticed this, Nick, when you talk to your kids, they, they, they kind of have an innate understanding of what leadership is. And uh, so I have a, a grand uh, niece and, and grand nephew. So they're s- six and eight years old. And so what I do is I take any opportunity to ask them about leadership, you know, because so, for example, when we moved into this house last year, uh, my grandniece, who was five at the time, she comes up to me, she goes, Aunt Elisa, she goes, I want to be a boss. <laughs> I said, really? Oh, well, <laughs> what do bosses do? You know, so I'm like, I'm, I'm going along with it. And she says, well, you know, bosses tell people what they to do and they do it. And she's, you know, totally confident in this. I'm like, okay. I said, hmm, that's interesting. I said, what about leader? Like, what's that? She goes, well, leaders are nice and kind. So I said, okay, well, Ava, what if, what if you were a leader and you were nice and kind and then people wanted to do things with you? You know, instead of you forcing them, and she like kind of looked at me. She's like, oh, and she did a pirouette and laughed. But, you know, it's planting those seeds. Right. And and even in terms of mindset. So her brother, Noah, um, he he said his mind that when he was five years old, that he wanted this big, huge bunk bed, but not any bunk bed. He wanted a bunk bed 
you know, and with, they had to have like a queen size bed underneath in case his grandma and grandpa came over. And so he set his mind to it. So we're all like, oh, that's really cute. It's very sweet, right? Well, wouldn't you know it? Noah saved every single penny, uh, you know, for two years, anything, birthday money, any kind of money. And then he actually sold me some of his artwork. <laughs> and then by the time he was seven, he bought the, the bunk bed of his dreams and he helped to build it. You know, if that's not a success mindset, I don't know what is. So children are super powerful. And I think we have a lot to learn from them in their, in their natural, because they don't have, you know, the, they don't have that programming that we have and that we have to pull away. And it's like, it's so interesting to take those opportunities to engage them in conversations about leadership. And even while we read books with them, right? Why not ask them, well, what do you think about this character? Did they make a good decision? What do you think? Right? So um yeah it's it's really uh amazing what what children have in them already right yeah there's, there's so much there that I mean, i'm so careful every day and i obviously don't always do a good job at it but just be not to layer on my 40 years of beliefs onto onto a six-year-old yeah um, yeah it's a challenge. yeah it's quite a, a big responsibility when you <sighs> think about it when you put it that way Right. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me want to go off and go do some parenting, but yeah, it's uh, it's, it's it's definitely it's definitely a lot. But that, that's really helpful because it's just a again back to the awareness, right? It's just got just it's none of this stuff. I think I think why coaching and leadership development resonates with so many people in many different ways, of course. But I think it resonates with everyone, just whether you want to see it or not. It's because it is so innate and it doesn't really, it just it requires removing things oftentimes rather than adding things. Mm. And uh, so that awareness is just so, so powerful mm. to be able to just come back to because all the things we talked about today is not about adding new skills. It's about taking things away so you can see what's there already. Mm, I love that. And, you know, and, and even helping children understand that there's room for all kinds of leaders. Some will be more extroverted, more out there, and some will be quieter and and more into listening, right? So it, it's helping them see that leadership can come in many forms. And what's important is that having integrity and that congruence, like Josh mentioned earlier, right? Being congruent, like in your heart and your mind and in your intuition, even like you feel whole. How, and, and that's why I, I was trying to explain the other day, you know, somebody asked me, you know, what would success mean to you? And I'm like, well, success is how I feel inside about my decisions but I am and anything material that we try to acquire in order to then label success, really we're trying to take a shortcut or to how making us feel better inside congruent. Right. So if we can help people tap into that feeling and then to help others, so that they learning how to help others feel that way, you know, clarity, passions, um, doing great work, being proud of it, connecting with your colleagues, helping others, being of service. If we can help people see success through that lens, I think we'll be much further ahead. Yeah. And as you're saying that, Lisa, you know, what pops in my mind is like, what, what better example than a kid? A kid is not sullied by all the outside perspectives and right. You start, you start in a pure and innocent form. And that's why it's so fun to engage with little ones because they don't have the references that we've, we've dirtied our, our souls with up until this point in life. And to coach six point, 
we just project onto others because it's just, you know, it's just what we've been through. It's, it's crazy to think about. So, yeah, this is a, it's interesting to reflect on all this. I, I think we've reached the point to maybe identify some takeaways. I would love for you to, to hold up your book again, Lisa, but I, I'd like to go first and then give you the last word here. Um, what dawned on me maybe a few minutes ago is, uh, especially when you're telling that story of the difference between the boss and a leader and how your grandniece's perspective is that, you know, leader's nice. Like I want to want to do work with them. Uh, and this goes back to ties into the beginning of the conversation with, with like being mean and feeling like you have to be somebody else. I think we forget that there is a, a toughness sometimes to uh, the definition of love. Uh, love, you know, when you when you think of love, you think of a grandmother, right? And somebody who might be easily taken advantage of. So that's where the hardened exterior comes from is that we gotta protect ourselves. But there's a great strength that comes alongside the, the softness of love. And sometimes we forget about that, but, and it doesn't mean you have to be mean, but it is, uh, you know, shows up in many different forms, boundary setting, et cetera. But there's a great strength that comes with that as well. And that's what I just thought about today. That's that's my takeaway today. Mm, love that. Yes. And and the thing is that, you know, and that's where the courage piece comes in. It's it's not mean to set boundaries. It's not mean to expect somebody to do their best work. Right? And it's and compassion will lead to courage because when you feel compassion for someone, which is empathy plus the desire to help, you will stop at nothing to make sure that that person feels like they belong, like you are making sure, like for example, compassion and courage and action is a manager who stands up for their team when there's tons of work coming down the pipeline and you're able to say, you know what? My team is burning out. So we're going to go back to the drawing board and figure out a plan so that we could do this in healthy ways. And, and that's why I think that the, the connection between courage and compassion is so important is because compassion is not weak. Compassion is very strong. So is love. When you love and you, do, you know, love for humanity, love for a person, your family, your colleagues, you, it's amazing what you'll do to be able to make sure that things are done right in, with integrity and, and that we show up as the best version of ourselves. And that means getting out of our comfort zone and standing up and giving a voice. Mm. Yes, from a place of strength and courage. Yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. um, Coach Nick, takeaway for you, aha moment, something you'd like to share? Lots of great stuff. I think for, for me, goodness, there's just so much stuff to think about. It's, it's just the... My last comment was really based on a reflection. It's just taking away things. I think it's important. That's what it's about. We know intrinsically, instinctively, innately what it is and what to do, the right thing to do. And let's just not you know, that, keep back to the awareness. Let's just not let the other things that are distractions that seem like the most important thing come in and get us. And just, uh, just believe and just know that we've got everything we need already. Yeah. Just got to keep back to that compassion. So thank you for sharing that. That's not yeah. really great. Mm, my pleasure. Thank you for sharing your takeaways. Yeah. Lisa, bring us home. Tie, tie it all in a bow. I uh, would love to see your book again. Uh, bring yeah. us home here. It's Light a Fire in Their Hearts, The Truth About Leadership. And, you know, I, I think one of the biggest takeaways, in addition to what we've discussed already, is that it's possible to love your life as a leader. And a huge part of that is having that congruence. So, 
make sure you align what's in your heart, what's in your mind, what you tap when you tap into your intuition or your gut to bring that, to learn how to do that. And rather than think about what you should do or mimic others. So find your own leadership lens to look through and then help others find theirs. And I, I really believe that together we can make the world a better workplace, a better place for all. Lisa Anna Palmer, thank you so much. Uh, it was a pleasure today. Thank you for joining Truth Seekers. Oh, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to be here with you, Nick and, and Josh. Thank you for watching another episode of Truth Seekers. We appreciate your interaction. So please comment, like, subscribe to YouTube, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want more, check out some of our links. Links to our masterclass, The Achievers Mindset. And come join our LinkedIn group. And what do you want to see more of? Remember, we're here to share the simple secrets of successful. So help us do that. What do you want to see? What do you want to see more of? Thanks, and see you again next time.